Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 13, Chapter 108, Ex Libris. The next steps of Percival's plan catch Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica, Cheryl, and Reggie off guard and forces them to face their past trauma. More setup. Yeah, a lot more setup. Some things I like, I like it. I'm not like, I'm not mad about this episode. It called out some things that I was excited about just from having been a viewer this long. <laughs> um, so yeah, and just things that like the fandom has said before in criticizing characters. So yeah, cool. I think it's one of those things that the efficacy of these episodes is going to be largely dependent on do they pay off at the end? Yeah, because it always feels annoying when it's like you made us go through all of this stuff and there was no point like there was no reason for it um so yeah that's that's always frustrating but i will say unlike we've seen in other seasons these episodes the development that they're doing like you said because it ties into these characters that we've called out before Mm -hmm. it also feels very natural to lean into these different aspects of the characters like, nothing here feels wildly off base. No, so that's good. So maybe maybe they're taking stock and trying to synthesize some things as they, you know, lean into what's the final stretch of this season and mm-hmm. possibly the series. Yeah. So we start this episode with Archie and Betty in bed. And, you know, we've we've gotten the results of the pregnancy test were negative. And Betty's actually really relieved because her mom is her mom and her dad was a serial killer. And Archie's disappointed. He is. Uh, he wanted to be a young dad. His dad talked about it all the time. And Betty's like, your dad was the best father in the world. No question. So they just kind of take it as maybe the universe wants us to stop the bad guys first. Sure. Sure. Cool. We go over to Reggie and Veronica. And Reggie's picking up the stuff from Veronica. She's just uh, getting mad at him. Jughead's narration is a new day dawned with bitterness and bile. And I really love this because Reggie calls her out on her shit fully. <laughs> well, cause she's literally right back on her high horse again. He's like, um, like, I'm just glad I'm getting out. So I don't wind up dead. She's like, Oof. what is that supposed to mean? She's like, well, first Chad, then Hiram, what is it they called you? The Black Widow of Wall Street. So she's like, well, unless you want to hear the long names that I want to call you, you'd stop by your head. And he's just like, yes, yeah, so you can go call Geraldo. And she's like, what? How dare you? And he's just like, <laughs> you, you're going to call him the second I'm gone. And she's just like, well, you're pathetic. He's like, yeah, first it was Archie. Then it was me. Then it was Archie. Then it was Chad. Then it was Archie. And then he came back to me without a break. You can't be alone. It's not in your nature. 100% true. We've been saying this the whole time. Yes. Yes. Girl don't know how to be alone. We all know someone in our life who's this way. Who like, for whatever reason, they last maybe a week single. Well. Maybe. But we know precisely why that is with Veronica. There's a variety of reasons. Oh, there's a big stinking honking one right in the middle of this show. And that's daddy. Tedikins. <laughs> Remember, Reggie was never Reggikins. Nope. Never. Nope. Which is actually in his favor. Uh, we cut on over to Jughead, and he's just in his apartment, and Tabitha's gone because she is in Albany working on getting Pops declared as a historical landmark. So Tabitha is not here in this episode at all. Jughead's just writing, and then all of a sudden, Percival's there. With a bunch of police and he's he's going to close down the library because that needs to be a hotel to service the new railroad and he's there he needs to get the overdue books and Jughead's like well if you're closing down the library what do you care because it's, it's theft it's the principle of the thing so you have to get me the exact copy of metamorphosis of course um, <laughs> they they chose these books very carefully you have to get him the exact particular edition in the same condition back to him and he's like oh i need some collateral uh, and so he takes the hardy boys book what were they called i don't remember i can barely see it but anyways he takes the book that his grandfather wrote i'm gonna take this collateral jackhead tries to be like no my grandfather wrote that it's inscribed you can take you know 
the first edition of Delilah's Underworld and Percival's not having it. Uh, he's like, nope, I'm taking this, but fair's fair. Find the book you owe the town and you get yours back. Okay. And so we do this with everyone in the show. <laughs> yep. He goes to visit Archie and surprise, surprise, he's missing songwriting from the heart. He never <laughs> returned it, but he sees the guitar that Geraldine Grundy taught him how to play on hanging up on the wall. He's like, I'm going to take this. Archie threatens him. He's like, I will break both of your arms. He pulls out palladium. He's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. This little nugget says different. Excuse me. So he takes the guitar. Then we go to Veronica. She's in her office and he's like, you know, I'm afraid you have to return this book. She goes, I'll just pay the overdue fee. Pulls out her checkbook. He's like, it's a couple thousands of dollars. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Which he wasn't fully expecting. Not from her, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care. And he's like, well, you know, um, you could be charged with a misdemeanor subject to jail time, but all the late fees will be waived if, and she's like, if I find the book, she's like, yeah, okay. And she, she literally just does not care. He's like, okay, I'm going to need that in the meantime. And he's pointing at the portrait of Hiram. She goes, you go right ahead. Knock yourself out. <laughs> what book was she? did she have, though? Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, yes. Pig. Thank yeah. you. So then we go to Cheryl, Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. Of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, she mentions, oh, yeah, the, I believe, you know, I, I was with an old friend and I haven't seen them in a long time. And Percival says, yes, Heather wasn't it. To which Cheryl goes, how did you know that? So Percival's slipping here a little. Uh, slipping or just so incredibly overconfident. <laughs> I think it's that he's slipping a little bit because he doesn't fully realize what all these people, like what the abilities are. He knows Jughead can remind. He knows Archie is invulnerable. I don't believe he knows about Betty yet. And he's probably just recently learned about Cheryl. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, find an exact copy, but I'll need some collateral. And so he looks over, I'll take that trunk to which she goes, no, you can't have that. And he says, no, I will. Or you get to go to the stocks. And she just says, you know, we haven't spent much quality time together, but I warn you, you're playing with fire. To which Percival is like, would you burn us all? She goes, no, just you. And he lets it be known that his men have specific instructions that if he gets the least bit flush, aim for her head. The stocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yep. He's from the olden times. Clearly. Yep. So she says, take the damn trunk, but I have to empty it first. And he goes, no, don't worry. We'll take very good care of your brother. <laughs> because that's where Jason's burned body is in it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. We, we know what's in that trunk. Yep. Well, just in case anyone was forgetting, that's where he is. Then we cut over to Betty and she gets a phone call from her mom. She's like, hey, so, hey do you remember that book, Small Engine Repairs, that you checked out from the library? And she's like, I don't know. I was a kid. Just, oh, well, Mayor Pickens is collecting it, so he needs it back. And Betty's like, well, go check my room. Oh, I did. He didn't have it. Um, so you're going to have to find it or at least an exact copy. I gave him your diary as collateral. You did what? <laughs> yeah, aren't you glad I didn't let you burn that last one? Oh, uh, I'm cooking blah, blah, blah for dinner. Oh, Alice. Yes. I love, I love this, how Alice is so easily used as the pawn in this situation. To be fair, though, she will go full on wrath once she figures out what's going on here. Alice is going to be one of the first people to throw down. Possibly, yes. We have uh, seen Alice do it before. Sure. So we come over to Reggie. They ask him, do you have a, it's a workbook, one that teaches children with dyslexia how to read. And Reggie's like, yeah, give me a sec. Which I don't believe we've had this information about Reggie before. No, I don't think so. I don't think we've heard whiff of him saying he was dyslexic before. If so, totally missed by us. But if not, I really love this development of Reggie. It also really informs a part of his attitude with school in the past. Mm -hmm. So he still has the book. He, ha he pulls it out of the filing cabinet. And Percival's like, wow, 15 years later, you still have it. I'm impressed. I've long suspected there's more than meets the eye with you. And so Reggie's like, so what, do I have to pay a fine or something? Oh, no, we'll just leave the matter of your debt for another day. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. So Jughead calls a meeting. And oh, look, we have the core four plus Cheryl in the same room. So 
at first glance, you don't know that Cheryl's in the room. It's only until the other four have stopped talking that the camera moves and Cheryl's there. It is the mutants. The mutants. And I mean, they, they, you know, call it very prescient argument that books are powerful. They just, they are. And, you know, Jughead points out, you know, some states call this consider overdue books theft. So you can actually be jailed for this in certain places. That is still absolutely true. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, we got to figure this out. This could be a distraction, but he's not interested in the money. So Jughead's like, well, you know, I gave a bunch of my books to Doc, my friend on Sketch Alley, and then Percival suggested they all leave. So my book could be anywhere. What about you, Cheryl? You've been quiet. Methinks there's a whiff of sorcery about all of this. And again, she reiterates, books are objects of immense power. Every reader imprints on the book they read. Every book changes the reader in some way. If Percival knows what books we were reading during our formative years, my mind reels of what he might do with that secret forbidden knowledge. So, okay. shit. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, like, we get it. This is not great. There's so much of this that, first of all, the collateral scenes took so fucking long. <laughs> Well, it takes so long, and yet I think this is all too much for just the opening of the show. I think it's important because we're dealing with stuff that we've been dealing with since S1E1, essentially. That's a long time in this show. That's a long time in a lot of shows. There are things people would have missed, like the Heather thing. We've been dealing with that so much recently. That's not new. Jughead, we might have forgotten. I had completely forgotten about the fact that his grandfather wrote the very first book in that series yeah so yes that would be important and the stuff what they're doing with betty also makes a lot of sense because of what story they're telling with it and veronica's is going to come up later and same with reggie reggie's they use to give us new information about reggie that also informs his later decisions so while it is a lot it was very different. And also, again, as we are going to see play out in this episode, Archie has to deal with some shit that has never been addressed in this show. Nope. So they're using their past trauma. They're, 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 they're mining their own well to fuel this, which to a degree I appreciate. But it also is payoff to those of us who have been with the show this long. They're going to have to deal with this shit. They're going to have to deal with some shit. So then we go with Kevin and he is at the curiosity shop and he's a little confused and weary about what's going on. It's like, you're, you're not going to hurt them. Are you? And Percival's like, wait, you're, you're not doubting me, Kevin. He's like, because according to my records, there's still one more book left to collect Lord of the flies. And unless I'm mistaken, the last person who checked it out was you. So Kevin's like, oh, Okay, I gotta go find a book. Kevin is in a very messy place mm -hmm. because he's very much under Percival's spell, but he's seeing the cracks in what Percival's doing. So he's not fully under Percival's spell yet. So Kevin leaves. And then with that, Percival takes out a long match, he lights a candle, and then starts an incantation over all of the books and objects he's collected. River yay sorcery <laughs> so we cut on over to archie he's walking down the hallway going to his rrotc class and a bunch of his students are kind of giggling at a yearbook and he's like what's so funny he's like oh man you used to play guitar at the variety show and sang and archie's just like yeah that was like a million years ago what are you doing with that yearbook oh we found it on the table at the library just sitting there He's like, okay, we'll put it away. It's, you know, it's time for class. And like, we, we get a quick little flashback to Archie playing in the, in the variety show back in season one. A little baby KJ. Archie's very sensitive about this. Yeah, he feel, like it feels icky. Feels icky. Something's wrong. We cut on over to Reggie and he's playing cards and oh, Peter New's in there. Hi, Big Mac. Uh, he's in there. We don't really see him, but you hear him. Uh, they're asking, well, what do you got, kids? And he, Reggie's looking at the cards, and they don't make sense. They're all, like, blurred, like, swashes of figures. He's like, I, I got nothing. I'm out. And he goes over to his desk, and he opens his desk drawer, and he pulls out a comic book. Because the biggest comic book nerd in this show is Reggie. It's not Jughead. <laughs> it's Reggie. 
he he pulls up the comic book and the words on the front page again are all just symbols that don't mean anything to us and it's like oh shit mm-hmm. we go over to the fbi office and the other agent comes over and is like okay this is the latest psychological profile for tbk and so betty reads it and she goes this could not be more boilerplate if they tried <laughs> like, oh what's that smell oh my god i think i'm gonna throw up which also is a big red flag for she's pregnant no she's pregnant being overly sensitive to smell can be a very early sign that someone is expecting smells can be very triggering i like how it's played off here but betty's gonna end up being pregnant and she that was a false negative on that pregnancy test that's my guess so she gets a whiff of it, this this smell it's bleach. She turns over and looks at the janitor, and the janitor turns their head, and it's her dad. Uh-oh. None other than Lachlan Monroe. He definitely made an appearance in this episode. Love Lachlan Monroe. He's been very busy He because he is currently on the Peacemaker series on HBO, but I love that he, when he pops back up. <laughs> the other agent is like, are you, are you all right? And she's like, uh, yeah. And then as the janitor turns around, we see it's a, it's a different person. Is it actually her dad? Memories. Memories. So then we cut on over to Veronica calling Geraldo. Of course. She's calling him. She wanted to check in on her abuelita. Geraldo's like, okay, he seems to be doing fine. Why? And then she spots a spider on her face, on the portrait of her. It's on her face. She's like, oh, let me call you back. She smacks the spider, but then she doesn't see where it goes. It was never there. Perhaps. We go over to Jughead. He spent his morning on a laptop, not writing, no hunting for copies of the metamorphosis, which is when I noticed that my fingers were bleeding. So his fingers are all gross. Oh, no. Lucky. Betty goes to the curiosity shop and she's like, look, my mom had no right to give you that diary. So I want it back. And then she gets a big whiff and she sees a giant bottle of bleach on the counter. What are you doing with this? And Percival explains, oh, just a bit of cleaning. Did you know, Miss Cooper, there's a more powerful memory trigger than a potent scent? He's not trying to hide anything. He is totally just, at this point, I don't even think it's a mistake on his part. He's just decided, "Mm, I've won this already. So I'm just going to go about telling my evil plan. Well, he's not going to tell them his evil plan. It's just, I'm full on fucking with you. There's, (laughs) make no mistake about it. He knows that all of them are on to him. The difference is that he doesn't care. (laughs) Well, it's just how he's decided to torment them. Mm -hmm. He says, imagine a normal household item like bleach unlocking a door that hadn't been opened in years. What's behind it, I wonder? Some crippling secret? Give me my diary. No. I could let you maybe read it here. I have a wonderful reading nook and my men would help you get settled. And Betty's like, fine. (laughs) Well, she does the wonderful Betty Cooper of I'm about to throttle you and then goes, okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay smile it's, it's the alice in her mm-hmm. then cheryl is reading and she hears kids laughing which is always frightening in the blossom household she goes upstairs to what i believe is her bedroom and under the blanket is the shape of a body somebody you know sitting you know crisscross under the blanket and she goes to pull the blanket she goes heather heather is that you the kids laughter leaves and it's just rose petals which Cheryl goes, flowers in the attic, indeed. We go back over to school and Archie again is walking down the hall at school, but he hears cello music. And so he he goes to the music room and he sees someone playing the cello. And then we get the flashback to season one, real Grundy playing the, the cello. Sarah Habel is uncredited as Miss Grundy in this episode. And then we cut to what appears to be zombie Grundy playing the cello because we do know that miss grundy is in fact dead yes and then we cut on over to see percival in his shop playing the cello playing that music (sighs) very creepy very creepy but i like it i like it i they brought grundy back and i swore i would be angry with them if they ever brought grundy back and i'm not (laughs) i would I was only going to be mad if they brought it up and didn't address what was happening. Uh, this is true. So thank God. But it's just like, that was such just one of the most ridiculous things to start this show. Mm-hmm. The first four episodes of this show just started off with that. And 
I always thought it was like if they ever bring her back, it's just I uh, we're gonna be done. But no, they actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. So damn it, kudos to you, writers. We cut over to Jughead, and he is rushing to his bathroom, and he's trying to bandage his hands. Like he said, I like this line. It's like something out of a David Cronenberg movie. Yeah, uh, they were getting itchier, more painful. He was either coming down with a horrible case of eczema. Or turning into a cockroach, like the metamorphosis. Either way, he had to find that book. And so, like, one of his nails falls off, which, if you've ever had happen to you, is disgusting. Oh, it's so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Reggie goes to Curiosity Shop and is like, Bro, I need my book back. When I was a kid, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, and that kid's book taught me how to read. I never thought I'd need it again, but I do. Like, he's <laughs> so, again, Charles Mullen is giving so much to the show. He is too good for the show. Like, I cannot wait to see his post-Riverdale career because I think he is going to explode in a way no one's expecting. This isn't even his best scene in this episode. It's not. This is just peak Reggie being like, bro, <gasps> like he's such a kid in this moment, but he's he feels desperate. It's great. I love it. And Percival's just like, no, but can I interest you in this very fine limited edition Glamourget egg? <laughs> Which looks a lot like a spider. But also Reggie, like, what? Like, no. Why would I want that? Doesn't Miss Lodge collect them? Yeah, we broke up. It was brutal. Oh, <laughs> maybe this could serve as a parting blow. He's like, I just want my book back. And then we hear in his powerful voice, take the egg to Veronica. And it's like, oh, and then maybe we can discuss your book and other opportunities. You strike me as the sort of man who is always on the lookout for the next great opportunity. Oh, Reggie. Or dumb, dumb Reggie. Sweet, sweet Reggie. We love you. We love you. Uh, we go back to Archie's house and Betty tells Archie what's up. Like, this is what happened to me. Um, and we get this flashback of young Betty. She's reading this book. And she was just so excited to tell her dad what she had learned that she walks in on him in the garage using bleach to clean up whatever it was. She's like, probably the blood from a victim because she they have no idea when he started up again. And she's just like, you know, what else have I not thought of? Like, you know, when I would think back to it, it was nothing. But now it's like, oh, my God, that was my dad cleaning up murder. And- <laughs> She asks Archie, does anything happen to you? And he's just like, oh, nothing I want to talk about. Oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. Betty's just like, Percival knows what he's doing. He's playing with these mind games to make us relive these things. So yeah. Then we got Jughead. He heads on over to Sketch Alley. And he talks to a guy named Hank. And Doc's gone. And Hank kind of tells him what happened. He's like, well... The, the British dude told us to walk. That's the one thing I can't do. And then we kind of look down and we see that Hank is in a wheelchair. This is an interesting moment mm-hmm. because it could really be easily seen as a joke to a lot of people watching. And again, mm-hmm. I, I don't trust these writers, but I think it's got more significance than that. Yeah, it shows a gap in Percival's powers and not so much his power because he probably could have gotten this guy to do whatever he wanted. But there's a specificity to the commands that Percival gives that do not work. Oh, they're going to pull a Rumpelstiltskin on this, aren't they? I love it. I love it. I'm here for that. That's how you have to defeat Percival. You have to get him to, you have Mm -hmm. to trick him into speaking some type of words to himself. Sure. Hank says, you know, I might have a number for a payphone in Venice Beach for Doc. And Chuck is like, like California? The man said head west. <laughs> okay. Mm, I mean, yeah, there you go. Very literal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it is very literal, which is why walk didn't work on him. Oh, my God. It, they're going to Amelia Bedelia at the end of this fucking Amelia season. Amelia Bedelia Rumpelstiltskin. I'm here for it. <sighs> We're already so off the rails. Like, why not? So we go back to Veronica's and we find out that Smithers is still alive. And that is the most shocking thing that has ever happened on the show. <laughs> That is not the take I was expecting, but all right then. Yep. Fact that Smithers, Smithers is still alive. Good for him. Yeah. So he drops off the package. She asks, any luck finding the book? And he's like, not the edition you were looking for. It's elusive, I'm afraid. 
She's like, oh, try the strand in New York, would you? And so then she opens the music box and a bunch of spiders come out of it and she freaks out and throws it, drops it on the ground. Yikes. Uh, we go over to the teacher's lounge. Hey. hey. And Moose is there. It's old Marmaduke again. And he gives Kevin the book back. And it's just, you know, like it's a wild book. And I was in lust with the hero, Ralph, to which Kevin's like, yeah, same, but I mostly identified with Piggy. And like that guy that gets crushed by a boulder, and which I feel is foreshadowing to how Kevin is going to die because we are thoroughly convinced Kevin is dying this season. Um, he's going to get crushed by something. I feel like that's going to happen. All right. Mm, but Kevin's like, yeah, don't you remember? I was husky and I used to wear these glasses, thick ones. It was super awkward. It just felt like the character of Piggy was written for me. And Moose is like, well, if it makes you feel better, you're definitely Ralph now. Totally hot. And Kevin just goes, maybe on the outside, but once a piggy, always a piggy. Oh, boy. Mm, Poor Kevin. Well, especially about what's going to come later in this episode. Oh, God. Gross. 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 Mm -hmm. So then we have another meeting. Cheryl's like, I know what's up. Like, he's gotten our totems. You know, the spell casting, the enchanter uses personal items, sometimes hair, fingernail clippings, clothing, or... In our case, the missing library books. Um, he's doing this to harass us. And, you know, does that resonate with anyone? And Jughead's like shows everybody his hands. And he explains that his grandfather had a horrible case of eczema when he died, when he was found. And Jughead has an unnatural fear of dying alone, just like him, having only written one book. Trauma. Trauma. Like lasting trauma. Ugh. Because at this point, Jughead has written a book. He has not written his second book. or comic book which we are currently living in <laughs> yep. uh so the plan is everybody find the stuff so we can break the spell or veronica's like well what if we can't find it it's like oh then we have no choice but to face our demons and hope we survive the encounters uh archie breaks into the curiosity shop full punchy punchy mode punchy punchy you know archie and he sees a cello sitting there with a note very clearly hey um your guitar is not here, but if you need to make music, try this cello. Mm, nice. Nice one, Percival. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought that was nice. We go back to Sketch Alley. Jackhead's talking to Hank, and Hank's like, are you okay? No, I am definitely not okay, which is why I need to find that book. Like, okay, <laughs> oh, Jug. Got a hold of Doc. He said he sold it as they were heading west. I'm like, where? Um, Barney's Book Barn, right off Route whatever in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. The second they said this weird book place in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, my first thought was, this is where TBK is. Mm-hmm. And although it doesn't come up again in this episode, mm-hmm. I-, I got a sneaking suspicion. Mm-hmm. We're going to find TBK in and around this book barn. Why? Why? Just because they n- give it a name that's not an obvious Powell's or the Strand. Yes, and it's in the middle of nowhere compared to everything else in this show. Hmm. They don't name random stuff in the middle of nowhere. It's either that or like that's the final battle place for Percival. No, the final battle place is at Pops. Well, whatever. Because it's also Tabitha's totem, so therefore it must be destroyed. I just, I got a feeling. I got a feeling here. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it's it's an interesting catch. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to string together uh, another reasoning or another signpost to that. This could be our first one. That's fine. Eh, just something to keep an eye out for. Uh, we go back to the school and Archie's, you know, runs into the guys and they're like, they're looking at the book again. And it's like, oh, you know, I would have been into music, too, if this had been my teacher. And uh, I'd be singing and play a guitar, too, because now we see Grundy being hot. And then we flash back to all the times Archie and her were boning the car, the music room. Like, (sighs) it's a lot. That was so unnecessary to me. I felt like once, like the one in the car, because that's in the very first episode, it's in the trailer for the series, would have been enough for us to know they had an inappropriate relationship. The rest of them were just like, Oh, we haven't had any sex in the show in a while. So here, let's do this. Well, and I think also you don't even really get to see Archie react to it. Yeah, you don't really see 
Archie's face in any of this. You should see a flashback, him react, another flashback, him get decidedly feeling worse. And like, it just collapse in. Because that's the problem here is that if you're framing it around them, there's just no reason for it. But if you're framing it around his reaction to it, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, no. First, it because it's very layered. First, it was he played music. Then it was Grundy taught him music. Then it was Grundy's hot. He had a relationship with Grundy. So it has been unfolding for him. And we have been seeing him reacting. He is super uncomfortable about all of this. Oh, yeah. So they have been doing that. But they could have been a little less heavy handed with the flashback scenes. Because it's just gross. (laughs) But at the same time, I I believe that's how Archie's experiencing it. First, it's just about like music and I don't do music anymore. And then it was about a teacher who taught him. And it was just like, oh, and then it's really about like, I had an inappropriate relationship with this woman. Yeah. Which is informed more in the scene we have later. Archie just kind of yells at him. He's like, if I see this or any other yearbook in this class, you're out of my program. Are we clear? And they're like, yeah, we're clear. And we can hear uh, the faint cello music playing in the background. (laughs) So then we cut to Archie back at his office at the El Royale and the cello's there. So he took it and he smashes it. Okay. All right. This is one punchy, punchy moment that I'm perfectly okay with. Yeah. He's he's having to confront some of his past trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we go over to the five seasons, the Babylonian, wherever Percival's living now, whatever we want to call it. And Kevin's there returning his book and Percival sits down next to him and blah, blah, blah. But if you follow me, the, 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 the crux of the, the conversation is if you follow me, you'll get everything you want. And Percival kisses him. And Percival also says, only I can release you from your secrets. Gross. Gross. <sighs> Poor Kevin. I weirdly. As gross as this is, it also makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. because Kevin is, again, being confronted with trauma. And where is he going to? Well, and he has been seeing, you know, he's not as fully under Percival's spell as the other guys have been. So what is it going to take? Oh, it's going to take this. And it's going to take Percival reassuring him in the way of sex. (laughs) will make you feel whole again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Which again, Moose is right there and not interested just in that, but in being your best dude ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kevin. I I hate it. Yeah, it's, it's very gross. Then we cut on over to Archie's house. He's sitting there and Betty comes in. She's like, hey, and I picked up some dinner from Cucina Sacasa. I hope you're hungry. And she's got big old heart glasses on. He goes, why are you wearing those? Why? And she's like, oh, they're for my migraines. I got them at the store. I thought they were cute. And we flash back to Miss Grundy wearing the exact same glasses, pulling them down. All, ooh, I'm checking out something hot in her car. This is what she did when she was when she left town. Oh. That is what that scene is from. It's when she got chased out of town after she was confronted by what was going on between her and Archie. And as she was leaving, she saw a group of young, attractive gentlemen. And that's the face she made at them as she was leaving town. Well, I believe she's wearing the same glasses when she first rolls up on Archie as well. Perhaps. I believe yeah. it was the idea was that it was during summer, but we didn't see that first. I that what they show us is when she's leaving so he's like miss grundy had a pair just like that and please take them off she's like okay they're off what's going on he's like it's Percival. i lied to you he's bringing back all this stuff with miss grundy like everywhere i look i see her those glasses she wore a pair exactly like them and i know it shouldn't trigger me and betty's like yeah it should Mm mm-hmm like, you know, he got me thinking about music and why I stopped playing. It was such a huge part of my life. And is it because of Miss Grundy? Because every time I pick up a guitar, it sends me back to that music room, back to her. Okay. Before we go on here, mm-hmm. I did write at that moment. It's like, is it all because of Miss Grundy? I was like, no, no, dude. There was so much other bullshit after that that made you stop doing music. Like, But this I, was I, a lot of it. <laughs> this was a big chunk of it. But like, let's also remember that he was still playing music all through the time when, I don't know, Hiram Lodge was trying to murder him and shit. Yeah. 
And so I do like that Betty sits down and says, we didn't really use this word back then, but the Mm -hmm. truth is she groomed you, Arch. And that does have an effect on people. And so Archie's just like, you know, why is he bringing back all these traumas to the surface? And but I just like, because it's like Cheryl said, to hurt you, us, he finds a wound so he can press on it. Jug texted me, he's got a lead on where to find our books. You know, it's a long shot, but still. And she's like, yeah. And are they like, really? Yeah, some book barn in Pennsylvania. So then we cut to Jughead. He's searching through the shelves at the store. And that's all we get. And I'm so mad because I was like, I was certain that this was going to tie back. Well, I think it will. Oh, okay. That could spoilery. Left with that in our spoilery section. Put a pin in that. Oh, okay. Pin in that. Okay, spoilery. Right. (sighs) We get over to Veronica having drinks with Araldo. They start kissing. Yeah. Next morning, Araldo is dead. Oh, no. She calls Reggie and is like, I just wanted you to know that I got your gift and now a man is dead. Good going, idiot. Ronnie, <laughs> what are you talking about? Those black widow spiders in the Glamour J egg you sent me. One of them bit Aral, and now he's dead. And he's just like, huh? What was Araldo doing at your apartment? You know exactly what he was doing. <laughs> Stop it. Stop changing the subject. Like, this is not about me. This is about your crimes. <laughs> There's a man dead. <laughs> Ronnie, I sent the egg, but there weren't any spiders. Maybe you imagined it. Well, I certainly didn't imagine the corpse Betty's bestie, Dr. Curdle, just carted out of here. Where did you get that gauche egg? And Reggie's like, the curiosity shop. You fool. Which, I mean, true, but also. <laughs> okay. I kind of want them to be back together in this bickering relationship because it's so comic, Veronica and Reggie. Yes, it 100% is. <laughs> like, they begrudgingly are like, We work too well together and we've dealt with our bullshit, but also you don't (laughs) like that's their dynamic. They just fight and they're not very nice to each other, but they're really into each other. (laughs) Please, please let that be the case. So we go over to the FBI office and blah, 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 blah. Uh, They've gotten a detailed statement from the TBK survivor, Catherine, nothing big, no big bomb. But there's a weird detail. She mentions that he always left the light on her at night, to which we cut to a flashback of Hal keeping a nightlight on for Betty. It's one anti-monster nightlight to keep her safe. Um, but then there's also a detail about that scene where Hal says, but I'll tell you a secret, Betty. You don't have to be afraid of monsters. Do you know why? Because you and I are much scarier than any monster. So Betty turns off the light. That's at her desk. because You can see that she's like getting a headache again. And the other agent's like, hey, what, you know, like snap out of it. What's going on? She goes, we've had the profile wrong. We assumed he was a loner. But what if he was a family that he goes? What if he has a family that he goes home to? And the other agent's like, very few serial killers have families. But I was like, my dad did. Let's broaden the search to include fathers, ones who travel for work with a specific focus on ones who have daughters. Betty gets a phone call from Archie, Jughead. He's got the books. So then we have Reggie going back to the curiosity shop. Oh, my God. This is the best. (laughs) Charles Milton, I love you. Percival asks, you know, how did the egg go over? I think you can probably guess. Oh, something funky is going on. I give you a book and suddenly I can't read. I call Veronica a black widow and then the egg I give her is filled with spiders. Even though when I checked it, it was empty. What are you? A wizard? (laughs) What are you, wizard? <laughs> the way he says wizard is like both he is terrified and might wet his pants from fear, but also he is so intrigued he must know more. <laughs> he is pure Reggie in that moment. It's, it. it's just as good as, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Bro. <laughs> he just need, are you a wizard, bro? Added bro. That's how we need to imagine every time Reggie says a line like this. There's a hidden bro. Just like there's a hidden bitch behind other lines in other shows. Uh, hidden bro. Love it. It's so good. It's, I... it, brings, it brought me so much joy to hear him say the word <laughs> wizard. I don't know why it's specifically the word wizard, but it did. It's the way he delivers fucking lines. It's, it's so, good. so good. It just hits a beat so well. And Percival's like, <laughs> I mean, I have a trick or two up my sleeve. I am a magic man, you might say. You're magic. Is that something you could teach me? Because, of course, Reggie, <laughs> Reggie's got to know. 
And Percy was like, I'm sure we can work something out. Oh, Reggie. So Jughead has the books. Bravo, nerd. (laughs) I love Cheryl still pulling that bit. I mean, she didn't call him a hobo, but hobo? Bride of hobo. (laughs) Bravo, nerd. Who knew your bookish ways would one day save us? Love it. So they've got the books. And Veronica's like, you know, guys, I don't even know if I want my father's portrait back. Because, you know, she does it. She doesn't really want it back. And Cheryl's like, you know, that's your choice. But it could be risky to leave your totem in Percival's hands. And speaking of burning, once we get your objects back, we'll have to perform a ritual with them. And fair warning, you're not going to like it. Uh Okay, so like Veronica's already laid the groundwork of she really doesn't care. They also have a healthy distrust of like, will he give this back? And Which is fair. Cheryl reassures them of like, spellcasting has rules. He has to follow the rules. Yep. So they go to the curiosity shop. They're dropping off the books. Like, oh, yes, those additions all seem comparable. Give me a second. I'll get your items. And they're all like, just like that. Well, fair is fair, Mr. Andrews. Besides, they served their purpose. And like, Betty's like, what purpose was that? Collateral, Miss Cooper. What (laughs) other purpose could I have meant? Um, Okay, just get our stuff so we can get out of here. And then he's like, um, where's Kiss of the Spider Woman? And Veronica's like, you can keep my father's portrait. I don't need it. No one has power over me. Not my father and definitely not you. To which Percival's like, very good. I'll just get your items. Like, ooh, Veronica, <laughs> you're a dum-dum. No, Veronica. Hubris, thy name is Veronica. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. Because I might twist a different direction for Veronica. We'll get to it. We'll get to it in a moment. Uh, we go back to Archie's house and Archie's strumming the guitar. And Betty's like, you know, one last drum before I perform Cheryl's ritual tonight. And he goes, yeah. How are you doing everything? And Betty's like, I'm not sure, but Percival's mind games dislodge two pretty hardcore memories, and it makes me feel like I've only started to scratch the surface of what's hidden inside me. Okay, cool. Interesting. We're going to unlock some more Betty trauma bullshit. Cool. So we go over to Cheryl's, put all the shit in the fire, and Jughead doesn't want to burn his book. He's like, "This, my grandfather doesn't even have a headstone. You could walk over his grave and not even know it was there. If I burn this, it's like it never existed. I don't care if it's cursed or hexed. I'm not not doing it. It's a book. I'm not burning it. What would Ray Bradbury say? Which again, like, I do get this. I do get this. Yeah, but Jug. Here's the thing. Jughead has so little. He truly does. He's had so little in his life. And that was one of the one things that meant anything to him, which is why it's such a powerful totem. And that's, that's why Tabitha tells him in all the different realities he dies. He dies. Because he can't give that link up. Nope. Also, I love that they tell Cheryl, it's like, what about you? Oh, I already burned Jason. Oh, yeah. I already burned Jason. There's there's no reason to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. No, Mm -hmm. it's because she wants her bestie back. Yeah, she she wants Heather to come find her. (laughs) She's like, okay, you're all cuckoo bananas, but whatever. You've been warned. Raises the flames on the fire. Oh, Cheryl Firestarter is very fun. So then we get some Jughead narration, and he's talking about, you know, for those keeping score, we would soon learn that Percival had added two soldiers to his army, Kevin and Reggie, and we see Percival adding Reggie to his list, claimed by the dark side. As for the rest of us, we'd survive, yes, and it was a win, but this week had cost us each something, and every instinct told me we weren't nearly done paying yet. No shit. Yeah. So then we cut over... To Veronica getting a phone call from Dr. Curdle. And guess what? He was killed by Black Widow Venom. But one spider doesn't have enough to kill a human. Veronica's like, well, maybe it was several. I was like, yeah, but there wasn't a single puncture mark anywhere on his body. I've identified the spot where the venom entered his body. And it appears it was his lips. His death, it seems, was sealed with a kiss. Riverdale. And I love how after Dr. Colonel says that, we see Veronica's face and then the camera zooms in on her mouth before it goes to the Riverdale title card. They really went extra with Dr. Colonel's delivery right there. Oh, sure. Like, sure. he's he's been extra from time to time and he's always Dr. Colonel Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one was particularly over the top. <laughs> yeah. It seems his death was sealed with a kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yep, I'm into it. Uh, this show's dumb. It is. It, I don't know. It, like we said, the one thing I have to give them credit for is that they're actually taking things and trying to deal with them. It might mm-hmm. be clumsy. 
It might not be perfect, but they're actually addressing it for one of the very few times they've ever really done that in this show. Yeah. Like, the only other time they really dealt with it in a huge way was that first episode back that was the memorial. Yeah. And then have used that thread throughout for Archie's character. Mm-hmm. But, like, they they so often ignore this bullshit. I remember those, like, first two seasons where we were just like, do they ever go to school? No. <laughs> and they just wouldn't talk about it. And mm. they are this season. So I have a whole lot more patience with them wading through this because they're actually trying to deal with some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's... It's refreshing. I don't know if it's going to pay off, but it is refreshing. Yeah, I I like that too. I don't know. There's just there's so much going on. I do feel like okay, getting into a little bit more of the spoiler territory. So we we know right now we're going through episode 18. There's been a little bit of confusion about an end date for the season being at the end of July, which is a little confusing because we don't have enough episodes, which means there's some sort of hiatus coming. Which again, weird, but whatever. <laughs> that would also mean they're probably going to 22 episodes, which again, why? Why are you doing this? Because that's what they think they got to do. Well, I... if, here's the thing. If that's what they're contracted to do and they don't want to like create an issue. Here's the thing. They got to renegotiate with all these kids for next year. So it'll be interesting. Anyways, it kind of feels like these episodes are like biting time. But the next episode we know it's called Venomous. And then I saw a picture today for the episode after it. So episode 15. And it's got Jughead as like the um, the marvelous Forsyth or something to that effect. And it's like, oh, you're doing the Nightmare Alley thing of reading people's minds in the audience. Mm-hmm. You're exploiting your gift. That's where I think what's going on in Pennsylvania, where we might get a little glimmer of that. He will have gotten uh, an idea. Maybe. I feel like that we might get a little bit more from there in that episode. But we, yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Hmm. Well, let's go watch the next time on and see if we've got any clues. Eh? Okay. Let's see. Let's see if next time on connects any dots for me. Okay, so Veronica is venomous. Uh, Veronica's venomous, and it looks like Veronica's kissing Archie. Ooh, that's what it looks like. And then Archie appears to be like in fire or something. But whatever. I I almost wonder if this is part of Jughead reading Betty's mind. Maybe. Because that's going to be a big part of this episode, and he's going to have to like sort through all these disjointed memories from her. So yeah, so Betty asks Jughead, you know, I want you to read my mind for me because she's she's searching for things that she might have lost, like that she's got hot, like buried away. Well, and also it could be memories that she's buried away about her dad, or even more so about mm-hmm. TBK. Oh, sure. But yeah, so that's happening. Reggie's telling Betty, we have no choice but to go after you. So he's, you know, fully doing the the personal thing. Yeah. Couple of things. First of all, Veronica's going to sing a song. And honestly, if it's not Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe, what are they doing? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure if I Googled enough, I could find out what she's singing. But she looks spectacular. Oh, it's awesome. The The whole promo image of her in the cloak with the black lipstick is just like perfection. I mean, it's pure evil, Veronica, and I'm here for it. I hope they give a little bit of a nod to the craft because also, yes. There's a whole lot going Actually, on Actually, I think that's what her coat looks like. It's what Nancy's wearing in, in the craft. Ugh, I'm going to make you watch that soon. And then. And then. There's a line that Betty gives to mm-hmm. her mother about what are you not telling me about dad? Yes. And I believe, well, you mentioned it, but it brings back a theory that I've had for so many seasons that I'm here for it in all the ways. So many seasons. Secret Blossom Twin. I swear to God, if I... this is how they're going to bring Hal's twin back, and if Hal's twin is Barney of Barney's book bar. I am so here for Barney. 
Harold and Barney Blossom. I am so here for this. Barney Blossom. Oh, God damn it. They're going to do it, aren't they? Also, also, another way is that if Barney is also a thread from the Starkweathers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would also s- explain the serial killer tendencies. Well. Barney's. <laughs> Barney Blossom Starkweather. Barney Blossom Starkweather. Oh, and yeah. if we find out all along that somehow that was that was Lachlan Monroe doing the voice for TBK and we just it was such a good voice we didn't pick up on it. No, it's, uh, so far I don't believe so. The only okay. person being credited is the gentleman that we've already seen um, when he attacked Archie. Ah, uh, yes. And to be fair, we have we have posited the idea that TBK is more than one person. Yes, that if this is a family perhaps of the Starkweathers, which would also keep in keeping with the new profile that this is something that they do as a practice together based on that one driver that Betty got a hold of. Jesus. Yeah. If they secret blossom twit, twit blossom twit. Anyway, it looks like we're going back to full bonkers again next episode. So which, cool. Cool. Like just I'm cool chaotic. With that. I'm just I'm cool with chaos. We you know, I'm fine if you're going to go, we're going to take it down a notch for a couple episodes, and then it's time to get back to the absolute ridiculous bullshit of this show. Because mm-hmm. as we've said before, the show is at its best when it's being fucking weird. So long as it's weird with a point. I want weird with a point. Well, until next time. Hashtag Bulldogs Forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.